sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. Back here on The Big Show, just Andy and Brendan this week, no producer Chris. He'll be back eventually, we think. He's sweating it out, though, tonight with the national championship game on his picks of the week. He can claim the weekly title with Washington covers the spread. You'll get a chance to listen to that game between Michigan and Washington tonight on KTGR. We'll dip out around 530 so pregame coverage can begin. But first, got to get to the big news of the weekend from Mizzou football and basketball. As Blake Baker, yeah, the one who's not blanking leaving, well, he left. And Mizzou Ben's basketball also dropped their SEC home opener to Georgia in some pretty disorganized fashion, if I do say so myself. So 573-875-KTGR to give us a call or a text on those topics. But before we get to them, we got to do this because it's 5 o'clock. It's time for the top five at five on the big show. Number one. You want to trade away for curtain number one? You can have curtain one. Yeah, the Chiefs, uh, they got the win in their final regular season game over the Chargers, 13-12. to Congrats to Blaine Gabbard for getting the win as the starting quarterback. Mostly meaningless game, though, as the Chiefs finished the year 11-6. and They were mostly looking at the other matchups to see who they would be facing. And because the Dolphins lost to the Bills in what ended up being the championship game for the AFC East Division, the Dolphins fell to the sixth seed, and they'll be facing the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium on Saturday night. It is supposed to be freezing cold, single-digit temperature right after the snow falls on Friday. So uh, weather conditions is going to be a big factor. We'll see what happens uh, between those two teams as they prepare and try to get healthy for that game, too. Both teams dealing with several injury concerns. Number two. Number two. Your timing is impeccable. No more Blake Baker at Mizzou, the defensive coordinator for the Tigers. Tigers now became the defensive coordinator for the other Tigers uh, down in LSU, and he is reportedly, according to Pete Thamel of ESPN, becoming the highest-paid assistant coach in college football, signing a three-year deal that pays him annually $2.5 million starting in 2024. So now Eli Drinkwitz is looking for a new D coordinator. There are a couple of in-house options that he could turn to, but the fact that Mizzou is willing to spend big money, as Bill Connolly alluded to last hour, maybe they look for somebody else that can uh, provide maybe a bit of a different perspective on Mizzou's defense in what will be a huge year in 2024. Number three. Trends continue for Mizzou men's basketball. They lost in their SEC opener to Georgia on Saturday, 75-68, to and really fell apart in the last four minutes. Went cold shooting from the field and allowed too many free throws to Georgia, honestly, down the stretch. But uh, the Tigers fall to 8-6 overall, 0-1 in the SEC, and doesn't get easier because they visit number 6 Kentucky tomorrow night. And the rest of this conference season might re rough if that's how the Tigers are going to finish games. Number four. Oh, Shanked it. And rough for Mizzou women's basketball, too. They not only lost to Alabama at home yesterday, 79 to 64, but also their starting point guard, Mama Dembele, came out with an injury. We don't really know her status going forward, but man, the Tigers are thin at that position now. They're already missing Avery Cronky. And so the Tigers now get to host number one, South Carolina, on Thursday. That certainly is not an easy test. Number five. 
It's not a fun day, Black Monday in the NFL when all the coaches get fired, but I did kind of chuckle when the Falcons fired Arthur Smith at 12.01 a.m. Big Show's Top 5 at 5 on KTGR. Ah, 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us here on the show. I I can't blame him for not waiting any longer than that. I mean, shoot. That's when it should happen. I mean, you you could certainly say that sometime during the season. Maybe, but if you're oh, that's true. One yeah, that they, wants they to waited long enough. Wait to the end of the season. No, they did not. It, when they talk about the end of the season type of uh, process of when to evaluate your head coach, they they evaluated him and then as early as they could possibly do it. Twelve oh one a.m. Boom, gone. Yeah, you, like it sounds like Robert Kraft is leaving Bill Belichick kind of in the in the limbo position right now with what's going to happen there. I like how Belichick's saying, hey, I'll, I'll, I don't have to be in charge of player personnel decisions. <laughs> like, why does he, if I'm Belichick at this point, and I'm looking at the way things are going, un- unless you just have so much pride that you go, I don't want to leave it worse than I found it, you know. He had all that success, but then it's kind of it's kind of a downturn now for the organization. If I'm him, though, I, let me be a free agent. If I really want to continue coaching, there will be other NFL teams that say, I'd take Belichick for, you know, three years, five years, whatever kind of length that he wants his career to continue. I know he's getting up there in age, but like he would be probably for some the one of the top candidates on the market if he should come to the market. Uh, but maybe at, at his age too, you find it a little bit difficult to want to start over given all the time you spent there in New England. It is kind of a, it, it's a little bit sad. Like I don't, I don't mourn it, Andy, because I no. was never a Patriots fan. Um, and it, but, but it's like, it's gotten so bad that it's not like I'm, relishing you know they're gonna they're finally Belichick's gonna get his like I mean it's I just think, a, a bit of an awkward thing now I think the Patriots gotta decide what they want to do like just say like cut ties or don't like make a decision because everybody else is making their they're already starting their searches like they have the people in the room who are starting their searches for their head coaches and you're here twiddling your thumbs like I I think the Patriots are the ones that kind of have to buck up and say make a decision now and I think it's out of respect for Belichick that they're trying to dance around it a little bit and right. soften the blow. Um, but it does seem clear, like they said on the National Sports Center, it's like he Robert Kraft could have said, oh, no, he's still my guy at any point in the year. And we never really got that. So I, yeah. I imagine it's done, but it doesn't make sense to just keep him and then hire a GM. Like just a clean slate probably has to be the way because they've got a lot of fixing to do with that group. 875-KTGR, give us a call or a text. All right. This was a rough weekend for Mizzou fans. Um, Where do you want to start? Start well. I mean, it started with Blake Baker, right? Like, just uh, that's the first thing we learned from the weekend. Late Friday night, Blake Baker going to LSU to be the defensive coordinator there. He's reportedly going to be the highest paid assistant coach in all of college football by a lot. By a lot. He was going to be in the top five if he had stayed at Mizzou. Apparently, the contract that he got there reportedly from several folks who had been in the know on this um, was going to be around $2 million there. So it's like, it's going to get a lot of money. But again, we, we talked about it last week, just the, the ties to LSU, the ties to Louisiana specifically. It's hard to, to up that if you're Mizzou, it just was uh, the entire, which it sounds like they try, you know, they did everything that they could to try and keep him. But at the end of the day, you probably realize you're fighting a losing battle. It just sucks because, that is the, and I said it last week, and I maintain it now that it's happened and is official. That's the one school in the country, the one defensive coordinator job in the country that could have gotten Blake Baker for 2024. 
away from Mizzou. It's the one. Could there have been a head coaching opening that would have come open and, and maybe it could have caused him to change his mind late? Maybe. But I also think he had it in his mind that was like, look, I'm going to coach this defense for one year, and when Mizzou goes to the college football playoff, my stock is going to be tremendous, and I might have my pick of head coaching opportunities if that's the route that I want to go with my career. But to get to to go to LSU, um, which is like home for his family, and he's got experience there. Brian Kelly did fire him when he got there. Didn't retain him, but I guess he I wants mean, him now. So he gets I, him. I don't no, I know, I know, I know, that, I know. But... Stop. Just let me have some feelings about this. Would you? <laughs> like, I know objectively when a coach comes yeah. in, he's not really beholden to keep any of the old staff. But, like, you know, he but got I mean, rid of yeah, you the first it, time. It does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't. I mean, Drinkwitz kept Ryan Walters around for a year. and A lot of good that did him. Well. Well, I'm Baker just airing eventually. all the grievances. Today. I know. I, no, understand. I, it I, I get it. Um, I, I also kind of uh, agree with your sentiment. Like it just, it, it's tough, you know, because it's because it's not what people are going to say. It is people around college football that mostly I'm talking about stupid fans. I'm just okay. ranting about, I know that yeah. I, I contextually I'm ranting about dumb fans from other programs that are going to say mid-zoo, it's the same mid-zoo it ever was. Mizzou can't, you know, that's just what happens when you win. Like, and they almost think it's a backhanded compliment to say, yep, that's just a sign that you're winning because people want your coordinators. No, you don't understand. Mizzou is as close to that level of a program right now already as, as it can be. It just happens to be a unique situation with LSU specifically for Blake Baker. That was the perfect storm to take him. Yeah, Mizzou is not going to lose coordinators that they want to keep to other coordinator positions. That's not a thing that's going to continue happening. Mizzou, I mean, they they're paying Drinkwitz. What is it like nine million a yeah, year or something in a new contract? Yeah, nine million. Reportedly. But and the other part of that is, I mean, they already kept a coordinator around that probably had other chances to be an offensive coordinator somewhere else. I mean, I think there were reports that Notre Dame was trying to get Kirby Moore to be their OC, like it, and yep. he stayed. So, I mean, there's yep. Mizzou still has the power to keep their assistant coaches around to be a desirable place to be. That's so, the takeaway. Yeah, that's what, but that's not that for me. What's frustrating is that won't be the takeaway to the, the common college football fan. They'll just like, I shouldn't care. Say, right. They'll say, oh yeah, a big time program like LSU took Mizzou's coordinator. That's the, that's the cycle of life. That's the way it works in college sports. Mizzou is one of the big boys. They just, people might not recognize it yet. I am confident that it's true. And over the course of time, it will be proven. But this is one that stings because it's happening at a time where it looks like business as usual at Missouri. They're just losing a coordinator to to another lateral move. It's not. It's just specifically this school for this person. Mm -hmm. And to get it done, they had to make him the highest paid assistant in college football by margin. So that's... That is a takeaway as well. I think people should recognize that that means something as to where Mizzou is. The fact that LSU, just to get the guy that already probably wanted to be there, if he had his druthers, maybe we never would have left, to get him, they had to make him the highest paid assistant in college football. That says something about Missouri. Well, here, I I see ways that it could be good for both sides. You know, Mizzou can still find a solid defensive coordinator out there. I don't know who they'll 
They'll find they might promote DJ Smith. They might promote Kevin Peoples. I, I don't know. I mean, there's or they could go out and find somebody that they and they spend the money and they and they splurge things like that. And then they have a good enough defense where they make the playoff and everybody's happy. And then LSU goes six and six. They fire Brian Kelly and they make Blake Baker the head coach. Thing. It can work if out you, well for both sides here. If you if you have the chance, and I thought about this too over the weekend. Like if you're Blake Baker and your family feels the way you feel about that that place in that area it's home for both yep. him and his wife like his wife went was a was an athlete at lsu like all these things and you would never say that to brian kelly getting hired but you're thinking uh, it's, uh, if yeah. something should go a certain way at some point man you would be considered right you yep. would absolutely be considered and then especially that's if you fix it. the defense and the offense is what's mm-hmm. the struggle for lsu no Jane daniels anymore yep. next yep. year yep. no malik neighbors you could see that playing out, couldn't you? They go seven and five, even, Absolutely. and their defense is improved. And Garrett Nussmeyer doesn't work out as as people hope. And you go, man, but this Blake Baker, like, I'm not saying it would happen, but if you're Blake Baker and that would be a dream job for you, that's a hard. It's almost like a line in the sand for you and your life. Like, all right, if I'm ever gonna maybe have the shot to get that job, if I ever should covet it, then this might be the time I have to make this leap. And oh, they're gonna pay me handsomely to do it. Um, it's hard. It's hard because I'm sure he feels like a doofus for tweeting out the the Wolf of Wall Street yeah. thing. You know, you probably you probably wish you kept that one in your bag. But at the same time, that'll be a moment in time that he has to kind of deal with the awkwardness of that, and then it's over. And he's and he's on to his new thing. That's what it, it, it hurts to be the one that's left in the dust, right? Mizzou fans feel like they're the ones right now left in the dust. But like you said, it'll be interesting to see what they do next, Andy. That's honestly the thing that's most important now is what happens to that role. DJ Smith was already co-defensive coordinator in his title. Um, there is a pool of money, obviously, to be utilized if Drinkwood should choose to use it. I, I think the do what the poll. I'm not saying you poll the players, but I hope Drinkwood has a sense of what it means to his players because if they're saying, "Hey, this is our guy. This is DJ Smith. This is our," you know, we've been riding with him. Then that's if that's something that there's a sentiment among the players. Maybe that's something that you consider, but. I, I, I looked at what the sentiment was on social media from guys, and it was telling to me that, like, all the players who had either already announced they're going to the NFL or they're graduated are saying, hey, Mizzou fans, like, be nice to Blake Baker. He really did a lot for Mizzou and everything. It's like, that's true, but it's really easier for them to say than the players who are going to be back next year. And I saw just the heartbreak emoji tweets from those guys because that sucks if you're a player on this team that thought, man, we're riding. We got unfinished business. Like, everything was pointing toward that. Um, I trust that drink is the coach that can, can communicate with his team to take the sting out of it and get everything back the way that we know it can be for this coming year. Um, but it, I just hope it happens quick and that everybody gets on the same page. Cause you don't want to see them lose some momentum. Uh, you don't want to see guys transfer out because they thought their co- coordinator would be there. And now he's not like not saying that's happened or will happen, but it's just always something you think about in these moments, I think. 875-KTGR, tell us your thoughts on Blake Baker leaving for LSU. I believe we have LJ here on the KTGR hotline now. LJ, what's up? Hey, good afternoon, guys. M-I-Z. you what's up? You know, the, the, this reminds me a little bit of this Blake Baker thing of the, kind of the, the corporate analogy that's gone on forever, which is, you know, a corporation is trying to find a new location, and they say that's the – you know, the quality of the workforce development and the schools and the cost of living. And then all it comes down to is, is it the home place of the CEO's wife? And so I think that's what you got to look at. 
with Blake Baker and that there's, there's a lot of home ties there. And I agree with all your comments. I'm intrigued to the commentary, but yeah, I think, I think we're on the right path and, and, and just one of these things that this was a perfect alignment for him. And, you know, what do, what do you do about it? I mean, maybe it wasn't all money. Maybe there was stuff, but again, it's, it just reminds me of being in the corporate world my whole life about how they always tried to look at the, you know, the location of a new corporation. And most of the time it came down to wherever the CEO's wife was from to make her happy yeah. at home. But the, 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 one, the, the other thing I'm calling about, and this is, this is kind of perplexing. And I, I've seen a lot of it on social media and different questions is, kind of the state of the men's, the, the men's basketball team. And I say that because I mean, I'm real, you know, pleased with what our coach and coach staff did last year. But when I watch this team play and, and we go through some of these games and you kind of see the same old thing start to evolve all over again. And yet we start talking about, well, we got to drive the basketball. We, you know, we've got to get to the basket, do all this stuff. You know, guys, you got to have the talent to be able to do that. Yeah. And we've got some guys that are, that are getting a lot of minutes in this game against Georgia. I don't think there was much subbing that went on in the last 10 or 11 minutes of that game. We got guys that were complimentary players when we had Kobe Brown and others around that the coaching staff still seems to be insistent upon that they're the ones that try to handle the ball and get to the rim. And aside from East, they, Guys, they just don't have the ability to get to the rim and finish. So when we get to this conversation, we got to drive the ball. You got to drive the ball. We're not going to free throw line. These are awkward shots that we got guys like Honor and Carter taking against severe mismatches. And until this, and again, it's kind of insulting, I think, from a guy that's maybe people are a little bit more than just a casual basketball fan. And that where are our players that can play with their back to the basket? Yeah. Where are our players who can take somebody off the dribble? And God, I love uh, uh, um, the kid from Kansas City. Sure, but but he but he's a slasher. He he has not proven or given the opportunity to play with his back to the basket. I've not seen him take the ball on the perimeter and take it to the hoop. He just has to catch the ball at the rim or slashing and go up, and he's tremendously gifted. But it, it's starting to become a little insulting to me as a fan that we keep hearing this mantra. We got to get to the rim. We got to do this. You, you, you don't have the kids on the floor against this level of competition that can do that. So is, are we in denial about what we're doing? Are we trying to hold fort until we get the recruiting class in here? I mean, we got, we got 13 kids on that team or whatever players. I, I just, I think at some point you're going to have to decide that you're holdover guys that are in the twilight of their career are not the answer. And Definitely. LJ, yeah. appreciate the call, man. Yeah, I think hey, LJ, we're yeah. sorry. we got to cut yeah. you short, brother, but we, yeah, uh, we're coming it. up against the clock a little bit. So uh, I, I understand where LJ is coming from, too, is like the identity, Andy, of the team is like, where do they want to go? What's this year going to be about? You're kind of caught in transition because there's a lot of young guys in the recruiting class incoming that you're excited about. The transfers that you brought in, some of them maybe are, are showing you some things, but others I think have sort of flopped. Um, I will say, though, like in terms of rotations and who gets the playing time and, and the way it pans out this year, I have kind of been left scratching my head, but I, I think maybe the reason for that is there's just not a great answer. They don't have the talent they had last year. Like for all the complaints you might have, and LJ mentioned several of them, is it just boiling down to talent level at the end of the day, Andy? Yeah, I mean, like I think Dennis Gates... 
was trying things that he would normally try when he has the personnel towards the end of that game. I mean, they had that game uh, certainly in in reach, and they tried to go offense defense with some of these guys, but it's just it's not working because it's not because Dennis Gates doesn't know what he's doing. I think he does, but he just the guys that he has at his disposal are just not as capable of filling those roles as they are this year. Right. In post game as a head coach, are you going to say my team sucks or are you going to no. say we got to get to the rim? Exactly. You're going to keep coaching the principles. I think this is the best answer I could give to LJ's question. It's like you're going to keep coaching the principles and saying the things that you would say, whether you believe in your heart that you have as talented of a team or not. Like that's what coaching is about. So I don't know that it's denial so much as like for this multi-year process to play out the way that it hopefully will for Mizzou basketball. He is he is committed. Dennis Gates is committed to kind of approaching it with the the same mindset that he had last year, the same that he'll hopefully have in 2025. Um, I, I will say, like, I thought he did a better job in this Georgia game of playing the guys that should probably get minutes if you're trying to win games. Um, a lot of guys, you know, Noah Carter played a ton, but Aiden Shaw playing 26 minutes is what I want to see. That Georgia seemingly dared Aiden Shaw to play an offensive role, and he said, okay, I'll do that. I'll go to the rim, and I'll keep dunking on you. And that was something that was enjoyable to watch. Um, but, like, he did kind of shorten the rotation, I feel like. Took out some of the freshmen that maybe should get the playing time as conference play evolves. But maybe they're kind of waiting to do more of that, Andy, when you're 1-5 in five in conference play and you go, okay, it's not our year. Maybe that transition happens. But for now, it's status quo, stay the course. That's kind of at least the way I'm reading it. Yeah, and, and we'll see what, what they do down the season. But uh... – that was a game that you needed to get if you want to cobble together at least a 500 no, record. No, the hope just is not. Yeah, so the, they're going to. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that they're one of the worst. That they're one of the worst teams be. in the SEC if they could play be. like that. Yeah, you know, it's seven five KTGR. Call or text us here. Only got a couple minutes here, but let's get to Old J here on the KTGR hotline. Old J, what's up? Okay, so first off, I think the only other job that Baker was going to take is LSU. And I'm actually a little surprised it took LSU so long to fire that dumpster fire that they had for defensive staff. So yeah, it was no it hard was, feeling. Yeah. It sucks that we let it go on, but oh well. And as far as tonight, I'm going to disagree with uh, what Mr. Connolly said. Uh, if it becomes a shootout, Michigan does not have the guns to go into a shootout. If they're going to win this game, They've got to keep Washington at 24 or, or fewer points because if it gets into a shootout and it's quarterback versus quarterback, oh, my gosh, there's going to be a lot of disappointment on our fans. And, unfortunately, I'm going to be one of them, and then I'm going to have to see a lot of my friends on Facebook get upset. But, hey, it should be a fun game, and, uh, yeah, go Blue. Hey, we'll see. Appreciate the call, Jay, here on the Big Show KTGR. I mean, I – the run game is what's get, what can also be explosive for Michigan if they get that going. I mean, obviously they can. I think they can keep pace uh, the same way that a passing team would. Honestly, yeah, and I could see the game going any number of ways. Michigan obviously comfortable in the low scoring environments, explaining how they could score points as well. I could see I could see it being twenty one twenty and either team winning. Like I don't think it's crazy to think that Washington could win that type of game. I just hope Michael Penix has a great a great game. Like I just want to see him show out because I think that will force Michigan to kind of keep up with the scoring and we might get uh, a classic game for sure in terms of the way that that one could play out. I do want to focus a little more though before we go Andy on on that basketball. The final 4 minutes, I felt like you're down by 1 point and from that moment in time they could not Mizzou could not have played any worse. 
They went one for seven from the field with a turnover mixed in. But point. it's the way those possessions happened. It was ISO for for Carter. It yep. was ISO for Honor. It was ISO for East. It was ISO for Bates. They just run into a crowded box, and then we're talking about trying. You know, Dennis Gates didn't. I get why he talks like this, but him talking about free throws at the end of that game to me is bogus because his team just didn't do a good job trying to draw fouls. If you just go flail your way into the lane and expect the refs to bail you out, that's not basketball. It didn't. They didn't get rewarded for that type of behavior and it was not good offensive basketball and then on defense you you leave a wide open I mean he just jogged on down the court and and drained a triple that was during the final four minutes as well and then the other big gripe and I'll let it go after this was even as you're kind of making your way back in and Georgia's number 11 misses two free throws you get a bucket on the other end down four you have Aiden Shaw has him in the corner just foul 11 with the basketball and instead they're going for the steal when the kid just missed two free throws um, I was I was some kind of mad Andy on Saturday afternoon. So thank you for giving me a moment to rant about what happened there. Well, hey, they'll just do it all right tomorrow against Kentucky, and they'll get a great win. That's all that's going to happen there. That's, Perfect. Just thank fine. you for the thank you. Everything will be just fine. Yeah, I don't know about that. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Bill Connolly for joining us as well. Coverage of the 2024 National Championship in the college football playoff is coming up next. We'll be back tomorrow to recap it all. He's Brendan. I'm Andy. We're done for now.